no mods comment on that wordy com <laughs> mana burn's still too hard to comprehend huh i with with the uh i, I shared the article to the march of the Train among the wordiest sets ever oh. data shows <laughs> i didn't i didn't understand what he what like what he was trying to imply so i didn't even comment mana burn's still too hard to comprehend <laughs> you have unused mana take damage What's so hard about that, you old man? Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 183 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. And there's Danny. Hey. Sounds like it's 2019 again. And look at that. JB's not here. JB's not here. Again. God damn it, JB, man. Or is he? We just can't see him. We can't see him. The boggle has been killed. I told you about this, right? Oh, yeah. This is JB. Nomad sent me that in the mail. JB's here. Because it looks like JB. Where is he? I got to make sure he's visible on screen. Right there. There's JB right here. Push him up a little forward. Wait, no, I did. That's perfect. Okay, so that's JB. JB is here. His opinions are going to be very quiet, unfortunately. They don't matter. Uh, we have no Anthony or Big G tonight due nope. to... Family matters. Family matters and stuff. So uh, they're not here. Mm-hmm. You just got Danny and I. Like 2020 all over again. And he was worried I wasn't going to show up. I know. I was thinking either I have an episode to myself or or I did have the uh, the thought that crossed my mind of hitting up... Uh, Rob's? It was going to be Rob's or actually Trent's. One of those two. Okay. I was going to hit one of them up. I'm like, both of them would be great. Have them both. Have them both. Oh, my God. That'd been great. Be like just like old times. Mm-hmm. You could actually have a podcast with both those guys. Because I don't think you have for magic. <laughs> they both been on the episode uh, on podcasts afterwards with us, but not together. Not together. No. I've only been on a podcast with those guys together for magic. Was it only the one episode you were on with them? Yep. Maybe two. I can't remember. <laughs> As, uh, you had a normal. Did you have a normal and an after dark? Yeah, because it was the same time. Okay, so two. Because they came out separately, right? Yes. Okay. But at the top of the episode, we just want to say thank you, dear listeners. And we got to express our sincerest gratitude uh, that you took the chance to listen to This Week in MTG. We know that there are countless other MTG podcasts out there to choose from, and we're honored that you chose to listen to ours. We appreciate your support, your feedback, and we want you to know that we are always striving to improve and make our podcast the best best that it can be we cannot do this without you and we are grateful for your continued support just by listening is all you got to do the fact that you're listening is amazing and we appreciate that so from the bottom of us or from all of us here at this week in mtg thank you for listening and we hope that you continue to join us on this podcasting journey thank you we yep. also got to give a special thank you to our Patreons who uh, support this podcast monetarily. Their uh, monetary support goes to hosting the website, the podcast feed, buying packs, and the cards for the monthly Patreon giveaways. So I'm going to give a big, ginormous thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, Casey B, Taylor M, and Ricky R. If you want to be in crazy and supporting us too, check out our Patreon where we have the links down below. We currently have two tiers, a $3 tier and a $10 tier. At the $3 tier, you can put in for monthly drawing packs, drawings for booster packs. Spoke faster than what my mouth was uh, speaking. <laughs> and they're always like in a theme. This last month was Infinity. And in May, we're going to have March of the Machine packs. I got a question. How can you... S- how can you speak faster than your mouth is speaking? I don't know. Rewind like 15 seconds and you, hear what you, I just you, said. You mean you you spoke faster than your brain was comprehending? or You know, potato, on? tomato, Danny. 
Just wanted to make sure. At the $10 tier, you get put in for a drawing for a Commander Viable card that's kind of bling-ish and also falls into that theme. We were looking for mommy-inspired mommy cards. Because everyone has mommy problems. Everybody has mommy issues. Everybody has mommy issues. And so we're looking for that. And the card is valued between like $15 and $20. So hopefully you find that there is some value out of joining the Patreon. But uh, if you're unable to support or don't feel like supporting at all, like just sharing this episode with your playgroup or your LGS rival is great enough. Uh, that the, the downloads look all the same. So you can do mm -hmm. that if you don't feel like you want to support us monetarily. Another excellent way of supporting us is also by rating and review us, reviewing us on whatever podcatcher you're listening on. So uh, Spotify, they have a star review currently. Then you get uh, like star reviews and written reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Danny was saying that nobody listens to anything on Google Podcasts anymore. Not that I know of. So that, uh, yeah, they have that. Get fucked, Google Podcasts. That's a bad. Well, it's just. Obviously, everyone who has Apple is going to be going to Apple Music, whatever. I, not I. <clears throat> I'm Spotify exclusive. But I, but I mean, like, Android, it's usually either Spotify or iHeartRadio. Yep. And we're on there. Like, I don't think I've ever used Google Play. <clears throat> we're also on Stitcher. I know that. Okay. But either way. So, yeah, uh, do that. And one final way that you can support us is by checking out our amazing sponsor, JDub Sports Cards and Gaming. Speaking of them, let's hear an ad from them now. JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. But anyway, moving uh, along. Uh, J-Dubs, thank you for supporting us. They will have them once we get them. Yes, I'm getting a lot. Yeah, because we're going to hand them out like crazy. Like fucking candy, baby. We're going to put those at the Magic Kids uh, booster or uh, site at MagicCon. So if you want one. Check out Magic Kids. And yeah, just focus on Magic Kids themselves. They're great. I'll be probably close to their booth all weekend. Right? Playing, Playing some planes chase. Yeah. Oh, have you picked up? No, the decks aren't on sale. Are you going to be picking up any of the uh, mom decks here? Probably not. They got the planes chase cards in there. But I just have my phone with the planes chase app. The, the, I have no idea. If are they going to update with that? I'd probably. Probably. They have everything else. Right. Right. But no, I, I probably won't because of monetary issues fucking being a magic player being a parent sucks that too sometimes that too uh with all that podcast business out of the way <laughs> and that existential crisis uh let's go to the breakdown of how this episode is going to get laid out for all y'all starting off we're going to go to the event results and talk about a salt report sugar reports maybe if we can think of one between now and then I mean, I got like a non-magic sugar saltish report. Sure, we'll go with that. We're going to talk about event result uh, event results for a standard event that happened, and then we're going to go to upcoming events, which we got a few ranging from the arena open, a couple locals, and just a touch on MagicCon Minneapolis. From there, we're going to jump to the news, where we're going to talk about some mommy stuff, uh, <laughs> ranging. From ranging from the wordiness of the set the release of the set some collaborations and the price of a serialized card from that going to move to the conjured currency section where we talk about those greedy greedy finance prices and then after that y'all can go home you could be done with danny and i and little jb here no one cares about jb <laughs> He's been gone so long. Speak up, JB. You have something to say? 
Poggles are great. Poggles dead. Well, I mean, you had the one pants deck in uh, Worlds. No one cares. Took second. No one cares. Benton Manson. Don't care. So let's jump over to the Boggle Desk where Danny is going to be leading us off here. I don't know why we still have the Boggle Desk. It's it's just so part of, small. It's part of it's our, so small. It's part of our brand. Anyway, uh, you didn't even. Uh, do you have a salt report there, bro? My salt report was uh, no magic. That's well, mine. Yeah, I didn't play any magic this week either. Salt report, uh, sugar report. I got to taste some delicious whiskeys. Also, salt report. I carry around a drunk Matt and Garrett. But yeah, so that's that's my fun eventful Thursday night with yeah. Matt and Garrett. <laughs> Check the Patreon if you want to hear the full thing. And they didn't even buy me a drink. Did I not at Dempsey's? No. I bought I bought drinks at Dempsey's. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. You got water. I got water, but I got... You I was, didn't I, buy I, drinks. I, I gave him my card, did I not? I bought I bought Elijah one. I thought I got you one. I no, because I had one. Well, now I gave you... I, I got you some techno. Does that it doesn't make count. A, doesn't count. doesn't count. I owe you, Danny. <laughs> okay, let's move. But anyways, Let's yes. move on to the next part. <laughs> Why is it why is it every time I go downtown recently I'm picking up one of the Olsons? <laughs> Wait, who's the other Olson? I picked up Maddie the one time. That was a long ass time so ago. So long, long time ago, but I'm <laughs> that was so long ago. I never go downtown. <laughs> I know. The fact that you texted and I was like, where are you guys at? I'm gonna be walking to Dempsey's soon. <laughs> Half like, hour I'll later. Meet, I'll meet you there. Yeah. So Anyway, let's get along. I got. I got to tell you about it later. Yep, we're just gonna move along because people don't want to hear about this. Um, and if you know us personally, we'll tell you in the next time we see you. Yeah, just ask about Whiskey Fest twenty twenty three. So, <laughs> the only event results we have are from the Pizza Box Open Standard events. I chose it because I like their name. I kind of figured that. And it um, had one hundred and twenty players. Yep, it was on MTG Melee. So we'll just go over the f- top few decks. Um, first up, we have Esper Legends, which is obviously Esper. Um, next up, we have Mono Blue Tempo. I just want to point out that this price for the Mono Blue Tempo was $45. Yeah. So it, it, it does like the uh, Talarian Terror Hottie Jin creature thing where it's just like a bunch of instances of sorceries that are commons that just get you card advantage. Mm-hmm. You get a big Hottie Jin, which becomes, you know, like a 10-4, 6-4, and uh, a Talarian Terror, which is a one-mana 5-5 five, five with Ward 2, essentially, if you're playing the game right. Yeah. Kind of surprised with all those uh, sorceries that didn't have, like, I suppose it's standard, so Thassa's Oracle is out of it. Yes. Um. Next up, we have a five-color reanimator. Uh, fourth place, fourth and fifth. Actually, fourth and fifth are different. Fourth is a mono black mid-range. Fifth place is mono white mid-range. Sixth is Slesia Toxic. Whoop, whoop. It's a my color wheelhouse. And seventh and eighth, we have Rakdos Reanimator. Um, so we'll go back to what Garrett always goes to, the metagame summary. So Rakdos midrange was 19.17%. So there's 23 decks of those. Uh, next up, we have Grix- Grixis midrange sitting at 12.5%. Those 15 decks. And the third, for the rounding up the top three, is Mono White midrange. Uh, most played cards. Uh, first, we have Fable of the Mirror Breaker sitting at 228 copies. 48% of decks. Second place is Reckner Bank Buster, sitting at 208, 64%. Third, we have Blood Tithe Harvester, sitting at 187 copies at 39%. Uh, now the top three creatures. Um, a top, not top one is Blood Tithe Harvester, sitting again at 187, 39%. Then we go to Shieldred Apo- the Apocalypse. Uh, 138 copies, 48.4%. Then we go to everyone's favorite angel, Atraxa, Grand Fire, seeing 96%, tw- uh, 96 copies, 25%. Top spells, again, we go to Fable of the Mirror Breaker, seeing at 228 copies, 48%. Then we go to Reckner Bankbuster, 208, 
copies and 64%. And go for the throat. Rounds of the top three for 187 copies of 57% of decks. I do want to point out real quick. When it comes to Attraction Grand Unifier, those Rakdos reanimator, or this case the five color reanimator is what is labeled in third place. It's only that many colors because of Atraxa and it just allows them to get so much card advantage to be able to reanimate it with um, uh, Cruelty of Gix is what they do. So like get into the graveyard and then Cruelty of Gix it back, ETBs, you get a lot of card value out of that. So That makes sense. So yeah, that was this last week's uh, standard event that Matt picked because of its name. I liked it. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's standard. We haven't talked much about standard and stuff, so. What's up, Big G? We were just talking about you. How you feeling? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big G, join the Patreon to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) That bit. (laughs) Holy hell are you still. Are you going to pull a Danny on us? First of all. Matt got off topic for like 20 minutes before we even started the podcast. We did openflippy.drinky. And that was a, that was a conscious decision from both of us. So anyways, upcoming events. We have the Arena Open. Do you like the idea of winning $2,000? Well, the Arena Open is back and will happening April 29th through the 30th. Day one is March the Machine sealed, held in both best of one and best of three. Those in best of one who will... Who win seven games will receive the Covenant Day 2 Invitation Token. Well, uh, while it only take four wins to get those dar- daring players who choose the best of three, the Day 2 Invitation Token will gain you access to play in the day's event. And the next day's uh, first best of three March of the Machine Draft in the morning. If you get a record of 3-1 three or three and one or 4-0 and oh, in the first draft, you will advance to the s- forward to the second draft, which will be uh, Mother Machine's. March of the Machines, not Mother. Uh, draft best of three. It's Mother of the Machines. I mean, Alice Norton is Mother of Machines. Or uh, you can draft her. Bert Kreischer. I am the machine. Why has there not been some sort of like collab? Not anyway, it's like the art. <clears throat> moving like show along. Bert Kreischer's body. Because that would be that's a very that's a very. Uh, Maybe we'll have to find Hormone, a... Hormone-inducing. Uh, it just gets everybody's but you'd, stiffies you'd going have... to see Burt Kreischer on a mommy car. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take him. Anyway. I'm going to fucking make a fucking proxy card and take Burt Kreischer. There we go. Anyway, uh, next <laughs> next event is the Tri-City Legacy event. Um, For all of you know, it's not just because it's a legacy, like old game. It's actually legacy, the, the format. We got to clarify that. Hey, that was a valid question. <laughs> it was a very valid question. Anyway, our glorious sponsor, J-Dubs, is hosting the, this round of the Tri-City uh, Tournaments, which is legacy format event here in Fargo. Start time is noon with a $50 entry. Uh, this is a comp REL event, so these rules are being held while you all uh, while you also must submit your deck list. First prize will be uh, revised underground C with the tr- and a Tri City playmat. Second will receive three hundred dollars. Wow. Second place will receive three hundred dollars in store credit, with third and fourth getting two hundred dollars, and fifth through eighth receiving one hundred and fifty dollars all in store credit. So bust out those force of wheels that you've saved so much money on by listening to us and check out the J Dub's Tri City event, which is legacy format. Uh, now we go to the March of the Machines RCQ. Uh, the last Fargo local event will be take. We will be talking about is going to be the Paradox RCQ Mother March of the Machines. Not Mother. God damn. It's it. just, I mean, it's fine. It's Mother. Ah, whatever. It's Mother. It's Mom, not Mother. And yet you're saying Mother. Well, Mother Machine. Yeah, Mother of Machines, but it's but spelled it's March, Mom. It's March of the Machines. You're looking at Mom. I don't and know. Mother. I don't know. My my brain's fucked up. Anyway, and you didn't have any whiskey. Well, I've had a fucked up brain for the last, <laughs> what? Long time. 16 years. Oofta. So, yeah. Anyway, March of Machines sealed going down this Saturday as well. Registration starts at 10 a.m. with round one starting roughly around noon. 
Um, this will be costing $49.99. So 50 bucks plus a little extra. Uh, the top eight will enjoy a March Machine booster draft. First and second will be invited to the regionals in late 2023, along with a foil Eldritch Evolution promo and a winner's pin. While all the top eight will get a non-foil Eldritch Evolution with a top eight pin. All participants will get two Unholy Heat promos. Quick note, these promos are Secret Lair style art cards. Links are down below if you need a refresher on what they look like. Uh, there will be also a plethora of other prizes to correspond with the event amount of entries. So if Legacy isn't your format, check out Paradox RCQ. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. And yeah, um, like we've been talking for the last couple months, MagicCon Minneapolis is happening. Um, We'll talk about that later. MTG Cribs. Shut up, man. <laughs> so anyways, that's the end of the upcoming events. So moving over to the news, we just want to remind you all that this Friday is the worldwide release of Mother. <laughs> Mom, Mother of Machines of, uh, set coming out this Friday the 21st. So get your pre-orders. If you got your pre-orders in, get excited for what you're getting. Let us know what you are hoping to be cracking. And we're going to be talking about cracking Mother of Machines here in a hot second as well. So, yeah, Mother of Machines pre-release happened this last weekend, but set is releasing on Friday. Get hyped. Buy your shit. Mom, mother, mama, ma, mommy, mama, dad's wife. <laughs> dad's wife. <laughs> Set mom. Hold on. <laughs> We're crossing lines into PH into the hub territory. Are we? Are we? Are we, we though? <laughs> oh my god. Coworker, he just got hired under a very strict job that like does intense background checks. And they're like, "Be careful what you like look up online because this is going to be stuff that they're going to be like you're going to be careful." Anyway, of. and they mentioned uh stick with the hub. <laughs> That's a thing. Hmm. All right. So next up, also in in the news, we got uh, an article coming from Wargamer here. This one was very interesting to me. It is talking about how March of the Machine, according to an MTG data expert, says that March of the Machine is one of the most wordy magic sets of all time so far. So, quote... Magic the Gathering data expert, after crunching some numbers, declared MTG's March of the Machine the most verbose premiere set in Magic history. Its characters per card face are over 200, and the only set that tops it is the latest unset, Unfinity. Uh, Magic Data Science, who collected this information, shared their findings on Twitter. So uh, their Twitter hashtag is at MTG underscore DS. They're a great follow. They give like graphs and stuff and all that. So the results change a little when magic data science doesn't factor in reminder text, but the numbers still show you a high level of wordiness in March of the Machines. Even when the graphs are adjusted to account for relevant wordiness factors, such as planeswalkers, the verbosity of of the magic set still remains high. And it gives a couple of different graphs here that we can look under that are a little... Uh, blurry that shows like the uptick in the last few years they, they have all the set codes and stuff here as the numbers go up from 2000 to 2020 and you see things like afr mom strixhaven and stuff in this graph uh, according to another data science from february 2022 there seems to be an upward trend in the wordiness in magic cards head designer mark rosewater also acknowledges in 2022 that magic the gathering was getting more complex so the article is down below it has the images of these graphs if graphs are your thing like i thought this was interesting enough to put into here um i think that i think i vaguely remember the last time they were talking about the wordiness of the set and that was during strixhaven which was two three years ago now well it's not standard yeah so two or three years yeah 
and uh, because it had you know uh, DFCs with a wall of text on oh, yeah. the beans and stuff. Well, like those were. Didn't that also have the the lands with all the words, or is that a secret layer that came out? That was the secret layer, the the basic the basic rules text lands yep. or whatever that one was, where it's just like it gave you the whole fucking rules text on how a land operates. Yep. No image for the land whatsoever. No, nope, just the color. It's fucking wonderful. But anyway, uh, moving along. Um, the Magic Gathering has once again joined forces with popular mobile game Puzzle and Dragons, uh, described as a casual game meets core strategy meets classic RPG. Puzzle and Dragons is published by Gung Ho Online Entertainment and has gained worldwide popularity since its launch in 2012. Despite being a free-to-play, Puzzles and Dragons offers an in-app purchase offers in-app purchases. It was the first mobile game to gross $1 billion in revenue. The first app first collaborated with the MTG in June of 2018 and featured a wide variety of characters, including Karn, Nicobolus, um, Sahari, Jora, Jora, Vraska, Sivan, um, Shivan Dr- Dragon, Sierra Angel, Gideon Dr- um, Jura, Jace Belgren, uh, Liliana Vess, Chandra Nallar, and Nessa Ravan. Details of the crossover and announcement will, were initially shared to the MTG uh, M- Magic TCG subreddit, along with several screenshots, which you can view below. Um, I'm sure Matt will find the link. Um, translation uh, Translations for the card's abilities are courtesy of Reddit user Jonathan ENG. Yeah, the thing with this is that it looks like it's only released in uh, like Japan. Japan right now because all the the images are in Japanese mm-hmm. and stuff. So I I haven't downloaded Puzzles and Dragons, but there's a lot of MTG crossovers happening recently. I was just talking with you at the beginning of the podcast if you did anything with Smite and stuff because that's still a thing. So. Yeah, I've I've seen ads for that all over the place. I got it downloaded. When I get time, I just want to play it just to see. It. Because it's supposed to be uh, League of Legends without the tox- uh, toxicity. Yeah, they say that same thing for a Dota, but That's there's it. still toxicity. Fucking no matter toxic where you bastards. go, no matter where you go. Anyway, moving along to everyone's favorite discussion or argument discussions right now. Uh, last article was from Star City Games. There, just saying, and then this one is also from Star City Game. No, Wargamer. This one's from Wargamer. Yep. Uh, a serialized version of Regavan. Mm-hmm. This is going to have some fun talk uh, talking afterwards. Uh, Nimble Pilferer has just been sold for upwards of $6,500. Uh, the card which sports the serial number one was opened by major seller Star City Games and auctioned over Twitter by the store's GM of sales, Ben Blewise. It's a serialized version of Regavan, one of the Multiverse's legend cards from the soon-to-release magic set March of the Machines. This little monkey was just banned in Historic. Was it just banned in Historic? Did that yeah. actually happen? Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. Okay, there. so um, I guess that's something, guys. We missed that in the, the BNR announcements. Regavan's banned in Historic. But Good job, Matt. Who cares about Historic? Right. Who cares about Arena? Um, can I say that out loud? You can say it again. Say what again? Who cares about Arena? Why did you say that? <laughs> there are 500 serialized versions with unique number stamps of each of the 70 multiverse legends, and these are found in less than 1% of collector boosters. Star City Games has apparently opened around 30 of these, but Blueyes says Regavan number one is the only premium serialized card that they've found. What he means by this is it seems it's not all numbers are valued equally. Blois expects his his personal opinion that number one, 69, 420, and 500 to be the most expensive, followed by 2 through 9, 13, 187, 404, and 411. And Danny, you were checking on this. 187 was because of the murder. Yep, it's the California Penal Code Penal Code for Murder. So, yeah, that, that's a number there. 13 because, you know, lucky 13. 
404 because of the online area. Pretty sure 13's unlucky. Is 13 unlucky? Yes. Unlucky 13. And then 411, which was the dig? No, 411 is... Uh, um, 811's the dig. Yes, 411. No, 411's the white pages. There we go, white pages. Uh, the card was put up for auction on Tuesday last week. As of 2 p.m. on Thursday, we were told that the highest bid was $6,500. Ten hours later, Blowise announced that it was sold, so its final value of the card is currently unknown. But last known, 6500 could be more than $6,500. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's understandable that a major store able to process lots of packs is likely to open a few fair few serialized cards and some fans on social media say they dislike seeing lgs's claim the cards before merch of the machine set has even been released it doesn't leave high hopes for the magic's ultimate golden ticket the unique one ring card will be opened by an ordinary player and because of that i i I primed you up here danny for this when it comes to the debates of Magic players saying, well, that now this is unfair. You got serialized cards, and yep. uh, big companies can open up a lot of these. They're mm-hmm. going to get the serialized number cards before us, and we're just going to know what's not on the market anymore. Like, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel? What, what's your, your take on the fact that uh, card markets, Star City Games, TCG player, these people that are cracking packs, putting the cards up on sale before they're in players' hands... Yep. Of these serialized cards and posting them. The fact that I think maybe the the most uh, titular part of this is the fact that it was Regavan number one. Yeah. That's really just. Well, yeah. If the the one of whatever is always going to hit the worst. I don't know. <clears throat> it it seems like they. Because this was that a commander or a collector booster? Yeah. It, it has to be, right? Yep. 1%. So. I understand that stores open packs and all that, <clears throat> but I think they should only be they should only have they should they should be limited be limited to only being open or being able to open standard packs, not collectors. So I think that right there would stop the argument if stores like that or I guess. Star City is a store, but it's not really a store. Um, or uh, brick and mortar store. Stores should, yeah, like I said, stores should not be able to open a collector booster. And the reason behind it is because of the butt hurt magic players. Well, it's not even that. It's okay. That's that's the quote unquote collector cards. So, for being an LGS or anything else like. I get you've already bought the packs and you're just reselling them, but as a major company like Star City, with crap, they could open up every freaking pack that that they own. Yep, and not sell a single pack to anyone, and they could do this all before release. And it's just one of those things. Like I don't know, I don't know what the words I'm trying to say, but. It just seems wrong. That's just what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of the, the clamor online is definitely the fact that, uh, as was said earlier, the fact that now these high-valued, high-sought-after cards are just like automatically taken off the market before you know right. players could get their own, like average players could get their hand. Yeah, average players is fine. It's not like... Average players are just in, just gross. It's, it's more. No. It's more like the public had no chance. That but, I think that's what everyone's problems is, or it can be an issue is like the public didn't even have the chance of opening that pack. But the, then the rebuttal is like I, I mentioned earlier, LGSs have been able to do this forever. You yep. know, they get their packs early, they crack yep. them open, so that way they have full inventory. So that way, when that, people come in, of like, hey, I want to buy this card they then can be like, yes, I got it, because we opened up X amount of their their uh, allocation of boxes for the set, yep. and then they got the singles of that, but they still have packs afterwards. But that's, that's where I think the allocation should be only set boosters and draft boosters, not collector boosters. 
the collector boosters should be for the general public only. The, like the LGSs should not be able to crack open collector boosters. Okay. Like it, it just shouldn't be able to do it. Like none of the workers should be able to have access to that until their release. I imagine the kind of red tape that would be behind <clears throat> something like that. That would be an interesting uh uh <laughs> progression to see uh story to follow if that becomes a thing like yeah I, uh, serialized cards are definitely exacerbating this kind of effect mm-hmm. because you know like you've seen it before oh this uh mythic rare foil was opened up and yep uh, it doesn't have that much of a high chance of being that or whatever yep. and stuff but now it's serialized even lower chance red yep. van number one right one percent in cbs and right. stuff. so yeah so it's well it, it, this is just an issue for lord of the rings <laughs> yeah like so lord of the rings you can only find those in collector boosters english collector in, boosters. well english collector yes. boosters just gotta reiterate, yep, yep, reiterate yep. as that every time it's english uh, collector boosters only so you can find them in the booster boxes or you can find them in the gift bundles Yes. In the one pack that you get. But it's going to be an issue if a big store pulls up like that. Like, hey, we got Lord of the Rings. We opened these cards two weeks in advance. And we pulled it. You shouldn't have the op- you shouldn't have the option of pulling or opening collector boosters as a store. Like, if you personally want to buy a box, personally... Wait to release and then open your packs. You can't. It just doesn't seem as good business to do that. Should a store not have the ability to have a serialized card opened to be able to sell right away? Like same same thing. It's like no. they, they open the cards to like have stock of cards. Th- that's fine. That's what the set boosters are for, and that's what the draft boosters are for. But the line is drawn at something like a serialized? Yes. Okay. Well, it's not even that. It's just collector boosters. A collector booster is meant for the collectors. Not, well, so are, would you rather play, obviously, most people would rather play with the blingy blingy cards, but... The Pringle Pringle cards? The Yeah, based the Pringle cards. <laughs> but... As as they say, collector boosters are meant for the collectors to open, not the store boosters for the stores to open. We got uh, Garrett saying that he agrees with you. Yeah, and I think I think majority of Magic players would agree with my stance. Is like I said, stores should not be able to touch collector boosters at all. Like they can sell them. But a store cannot, like, hey, we're just, we own these packs so we can technically open them. But they're meant for the general public. Like, I understand trying to get the bling cards on your showcase. But wait for someone who else who plays the game or, I guess, just public to open it. Say, hey, do you want to buy this from me? And then have it on your store shelf. Rather than, hey, I opened this. I'm going to. It didn't cost me anything. I'm just going to jack the price up already. It just doesn't seem... It just seems like a bad business plan. I mean, they sold it for at least 6500 bucks. The amount of money that they put into collector boosters, however many pallets that they bought, Star City, Star City Games in this case, they bought. Like, that Regavan alone... <clears throat> in the business sense, paid for a lot of shit. And as just but here's, like general but, magic but, players, how but, do we feel about... But here's stuff? the thing, though. Yeah, sure, they bought all those pallets, but they've already sold that pallet. They're guaranteed to sell the entire pallet. So why should they make... Why should they be able to open those collector boosters as a store in two weeks before someone actually can actually get the pack and actually open it for themselves? Uh, we got uh, Big G saying that he slightly disagrees there. He thinks that collector packs can be opened by the shops, but not until after they release. I half agree with you, but it still goes back to the point of it's called collector packs, not store packs. 
this is going to be an interesting, uh, like, I don't know, growth point is probably not the right term, but like seeing how this kind of, uh, this kind of event snowballs, right. serialized cards getting in the hands so, of so, big stores first. With the one ring that they mentioned here, I feel like that's going to be like the linchpin. Either uh, if if a big store opens up the the one ring this summer, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's going to be like uh, that's probably going to open the floodgates, and that's going to everything about serialized cards yep. stores having serialized car access to serialized quote unquote access to serialized cards sooner. Yep, th- those floodgates are going to be open. But if the stores miss on cracking the one ring. It might the can might get kicked down the road for the uh, a stronger, more general magic debates offline of serialized cards and in the hands of uh, L, uh, LGS's big box stores getting the chance to open them first. I since we have serialized cards, I feel stores should not have the access of serial cards. First hand. I'm not saying just open first. I mean just first hand. They should not be able to crack open serialized cards at all. Well, how do you know if you're going to be cracking open? But it's still effective. The possibility, just the possibility of collector booster part, though. Yep. Well, that's the thing is the possibility of it. Serialized cards are only in collector boosters, so easiest way of doing this: stores can't open collector boosters. The only way stores should be able to handle collector boosters is secondhand by someone else opening up and selling you their cards. I definitely think that would be very good for the community in general, you know, like having the hopes of, you know, like you had young Timmy here being like, I'm going to order the, I'm going to open the pack with the Regaman number one. But then there's like a weird line there. It's like, we, how much money we, is little Timmy going to be putting into buying collector packs just we, to we get can that just, number one? We can just compare this to like what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Charlie and, Fact- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, you have, was it Violet? Not Violet. Veruca Salt. Violet was the gum chewer. Yep. Veruca was yeah. the rich. So her dad just bought her whatever she wanted. So that's the big store. They have all the money in the world. They can open up as many packs as they want because they can still sell everything, like just like everyone else. But they're making money on top of the cards that they've already bought because they're obviously upcharging. And then you have little Timmy who plays one pack and gets the golden ticket. Let the kid have better chance of pulling that one card with his 30 bucks. Like, it costs everyone else $30 to buy that that pack how much does the store cost they get the the non msrp price because msrp is not a thing and however they buy their shits yeah so it's no it's just one of those things like it's a collector booster meant for the general public to open or collect not stores to crack and make even more money on top of what they've already been making like i said i'm excited to see uh, I'm curious. I won't say excited. I'm very curious to see how this ball is going to get kicked down the road here. This can is going to get kicked down I, the road. I, like if the if, linchpin is definitely going to be the one ring. Like if this bubbles up sooner, or if it's going to be later with stores opening serialized cards. I'm, first. I'm just saying, if like Star City or TCG Player opens the one ring, all hell is going to break. There's going to be so much. Uh, all discourse. hell is going to break because obviously that one card is be worth. Five hundred thousand dollars, if yeah. not more. Yeah, look at what the the, the last uh, beta ten Black, Black Lotus. Lotus signed case signed was like five hundred and seventy, was it or five hundred forty thousand? It's somewhere around there. And then you got like Post Malone saying that he got an art proof of a signed Christopher Rush card, and he spent like eight hundred k on yep. that and stuff. So the one ring has to fall somewhere. It's gonna be more than that in, in that category between five hundred and probably a mil. It's right? probably be mil plus because it's rarer than Black Lotus. Do we have any examples in like the sports card world of something like that, like a one of one card? Uh, the only? most expensive sports card i know there was like a baseball um, card that was like four million six million oh it's a lot of fucking yeah it's a baseball card it's the uh actually they say 
1952 Mickey Mantle baseball card uh, has the current record price for $12.6 million. <sighs> okay, but um, that that's got that got printed more than what the one ring is going to get printed as. The one ring is one. Exactly. But it's it's one of those things like, okay, well, you, you have the rarity of the card is going to drive the price because it's one of one. It'll never be reprinted. Ever. Did they say that that would never be reprinted? Why I mean, would it be? I mean, it's a one it's of a, one. It's a yeah. serial car- serialized card. It yeah. can't be reprinted. Fair point, fair point. Very fair point. But yeah, you, you have the other versions of the card, but the one card is the one card. Oh. It never can be reprinted. This is an interesting take to take uh, to think about here because I guess call, call me call me dumb uh, on this aspect, but this is kind of making reserve list cards in current time. <laughs> Carrot saying a lot well, of peeps with yes. princes would disagree. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> but did I tell authentic one of one is only going to be one? I don't think you were here for this, so I got to repeat it. There's a video I saw. Of a guy that went to Walmart. And yep, like, I saw that one. You did. Or I've, I've, you mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Oh, were you on that episode then? Well, it's either you mentioned it or you There's mentioned no- it in. I think you shared it in Discord. Maybe. Or you shared it in our chats. Guy walks into Walmart and says, "Oh my God, guys! They're selling all of Magic sets, all of the in history Magic sets." Yep. And then turns it over to <laughs> paper. To, yep. The, to the the printer section. Yep. Of Walmart. <laughs> Speaking of that, I need to print my other Oathbreaker. There we go. But, Danny, you, you got like a final thing to put on to this before we move to the last bit of news? Um, No, just, yeah. I'm standing with my statement of box stores or big stores like Star City and TCG should not be able to open uh, collector visitors. I'm excited to see how this is going to turn out because, yeah, the Magic Community discourse that's going to come from if... I, I really think the linchpin of this discussion coming to a head sooner rather than later would be the one of one ring getting yeah, opened that's up kind by of... insert whatever large LGS like Harry Tarantula, TCG player, Channel Fireball if they're still doing shits. Rudy. I don't think we'll know. Rudy. Oh, Rudy would oh. show would oh. gloat if he were to pull it. He would. Probably. He would gloat. He's like, I am the magic god. You can't touch me. How's it going, Christian? Uh, good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, he is saying that the baseball card was printed more than one, but only three left in mint condition. Yep. What makes it so expensive, if he remembers correctly. Okay. Yep, that so, is that's so 100% the reason. But that's also why the last Black Lotus sold for half a million dollars, is because it was a PSA 10. Or was it a Beckett 10? No, it was PSA. It was PSA? Yep. Okay. But either way, gem mint, good condition. Yep. Uh, just beta. Yep. Black Lotus, <clears throat> and then you got also no, it was uh, alpha. No, it was a, was it alpha? It was alpha. Alpha, but it was because signed the, on the case. The last one was a beta. Last one was a beta. Okay. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is a beta. This means the the rarest of them all. And then this guy's like, no, I got two alphas. With whatever it was that one that is signed on the case by yep. Christopher Rush, which makes it a little more rare. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, as I was saying earlier, we'll talk about this later. MagicCon Minneapolis. We are down to 17 days. The countdown. I have it. I've been I've had this on my work computer for the last month and a half. Join the Discord. Uh, I, I give it like a weekly kind of update on Mondays. Yes. Or whenever I think about in, it. In the Minneapolis Discord group or Discord tab. MagicCon Minneapolis, yep. But yeah, anyway, moving along to Conjured Currency. So, Danny. Yes, Matt. <laughs> have you read this yet? I have not. I just opened it. <laughs> and I'm also looking at it. Should we play the game? Sure. Blindly? I'll you, blindfold my you, eyes. You'll blindfold yourself. I'm going to blindfold my eyes and look at my screen. <laughs> okay, so now to the Conjured Currency section where we cover the 
finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource that we use for this is the amazing site mtgstocks.com who comes out with a weekly winners article that goes lot that goes over 3 to 5 cards that are moving up in price and 3 to 5 cards that are moving down. The weekly winners article drops on Friday, we record on Monday. So if there are any price differences between then and now, we will let you know. And actually I read this last week. Did you actually read this one? Yeah. So then I got to play the game cuz I, I read did. I read it on Friday. Then you play the game here. I got bored at work. We got Gary saying, oh, sure, I'm gone, and Danny now wants to play the fucking game. <laughs> so you get carried your ass on Thursday. But, but it, it does seem like Danny read it. I did read it. You did read the article? I on... did. Yes. Right. I read it on Friday. Okay. Play the game with me then. Okay. I did not. I, I, I deliberately did not read it. I read the uh, the Penny Pinchers one, the one before. Okay. Okay. Gary says dick. Uh, hey. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. <laughs> Christian saying, Garrett, are you at pool? <laughs> no, he is not. He, is he not. has sick kids. Um, so anyways, this weekly winners um, is going to be a little different. I'm not going to read the titles for this, so I'm just going to read the names. First up, we go to City of Fire. It's sitting at $9.99. It's up 164%. Uh, City of Fire is Red 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 5 Enchantment with Convoke. Um, it's it is from uh, March of the Machines. I'll give you that. Okay. Um, <laughs> if a source you would, if if a source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals triple that damage instead. Oh, okay. I want this card. That is a that is a this Danny is card. My card. That's a Danny card. So, what do you think it is, Matt? Why is it moving up in price? Yeah. What's causing it to move up? Okay, so it's a damage doubler. I do. It's not a doubler. It's a triple there, sir. It's a damage tripler with convoke, right? Yep, with convoke. I, I, I can't recall any like modern decks, so I'm just gonna just say uh, something in EDH ranging from the uh, the red dominus. I just need format. EDH. Yes. Woo. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, it's uh. Uh, I guess. Yeah, it's just Marshall Machines, uh, City of Fire, blah, blah, blah. Fiery, uh, um, Emancipation. There we go. Hard words. That one's from like Core 19. 21. 21. It was a Mythic in 21. There we go. Um, so yeah, it's just Commander doing extra damage. If I'm not mistaken, also, uh, Mana Curves, uh, she, uh, they write articles on, for a TCG player, uh, they were doing, they wrote an article about, like, doubling and tripling damage with this Furnace of Wrath and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. Yep. So, moving along to number two. Number two. Probably get it just from the set. 40k. <laughs> it's Keeper it's of Secrets. Standard. Hundred percent incorrect. Uh, sitting at nine uh, seven ninety five, moving up one hundred forty eight percent. Keeper of Secrets is Red Five for a creature, uh, first strike case with symphony, um, symphony of Pain. Whenever you cast a spell with anything other than your from anywhere other than your hand, Keeper of Secrets deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target player. Um, EDH with Prosper Tonebound? Like, that's the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head. This card can be found in the Runus Powers Commander deck. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, Runus Powers the, the is the... Urbrask, um Heretic Praetor. Um, Heretic Praetor. Yep. Um, yeah, the Egan Luris, Lur, um Lutris, the Human Bard. Human Bard. Yeah, the uh, it's from the secret lair for the D and D movie. Oh, uh, I don't know those names very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just doubling the uh, of casting things from exile because that is like impulse, and yep. this thing just works well with like impulse draw effects. Yep, basically. And the last one. Dan Dan shenanigans. Ah, you don't even have to. It's because the format Dan Dan is yes. picking up in more popularity. Yes. Why? How is this a thing? Like, it's just mono blue stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I like mono blue, but where's the appeal? It's two at a giant with one deck. 
That's what it's for. I guess. That's how you play Dan Dan. It's, uh, so for those who don't know what Dan Dan is, um, last week they talked about this. Um, it's a game format for two players that that sh- uses a shared. Actually, it's not even two a giant. It's one v one with a shared deck. Okay. Um, the game is a format for two players that use a shared eighty card game or eighty card deck in graveyard. Um, if you want to read a little bit more, we'll post it down below. But yeah, Always. it's it's an eighty card deck that you share with your opponent and you just play. Who's been talking about this in the last like few weeks to really make this card? Like, um, wasn't it one on one streamers that was talking about Dan Dan? I don't know. I know we. I think we talked about it like two, three weeks ago. Well, they just said last week. Last week it showed up, but I think it showed up like prior to that. Like, hey, this card is like moving up because people are picking up interest into it. Was it not? For sure, last week. And I think my comment that I made is like Moxfield officially made it. Uh made it a deck that you can like create in their program on their site and stuff like you can do that there with dan dan yeah i guess on their their articles uh harvey who works at mtg socks was mentioning or wrote about it in his big 10 Uh, story last week or big things series so yeah so that's moving up because of Dan Dan itself. Dan Dan itself. Yep. So two pickups for this week. We go to one with the multiverse sitting at 423 and it's moving up. So pick it up. Uh, and then we go to Thrumming Stone sitting at $3.06. That's it's important. stabling out. Uh, for those of you that want like the um, Shadowborn Apostle or uh, what's that Dragonfire's one? I have no approach idea. Of the, uh, approach <clears throat> of the Dragon? Sure. You can have multiple of it in your deck. Yep. Uh, next, we have the Timeless Lotus sitting at $15.19 and tracing upwards. So you maybe want to pick it up. I traded that to you, didn't I not? No. Was that the five-color Lotus? It's the leg- legendary artifact five-color, but the, I don't think you traded me. I thought I traded you one. I have no idea. Oh. But yeah, anyways, Timeless Lotus enters the backfield tapped, and then you can tap it for Wooberg. Wooberg. But Yeah. That's this week of uh, weekly pickups. Danny. No. I'm not playing this game. I was just going to say, we're going to make it quick because no. we're running up on time. Are if we? If you want to do oh, uh, fast. A, a thought cast, oh. okay. we'll do a quick, have you heard of TCG No, Sniper? I have not. You have not, Danny. Never. Let me tell you about them. I don't even have an account with them. <laughs> they are an amazing price tracking website that notifies you on card price trends moving up or down on whatever you choose no way you want to know when dan dan moves up in price no enter it into tcgsniper.com i don't play blue spells you want to know when the emancipation moves up in price no that's a red doubling what tripling one uh no the convoke one we just I'm, talked I'm, about I'm, that you don't know it was not the one we just talked about what's the convoke one? Oh my god Whatever the Convoke one was that Danny was just talking about that triples the damage. Oh, uh, sir, that was uh, City of Fire, City, City on Fire. City on Fire. You get notified when that moves up in price even more. Let's say you bought them all at four bucks or whatever because they jumped up 100%, so they're at like four, 450 or whatever. You can get notified when they are sitting at even higher and you can sell them. You can ride the trend with TCG Sniper. And if you mention the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their plus program, meaning you get unlimited cards. You can enter into that. Otherwise, you get 15, just standard stock, 15 and products. You can also enter in uh, booster stuff, anything that you can find on TCG. Anything sealed. Yep. But so, yeah. Danny. What's up? We made it to the end of the episode. And I think we're at like an actual hour by the time you like take uh, off the open flippy dot drinky here. No, we're a little over an hour. Damn it. We're at 127. Well, thank you to you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 183 of this week in MTG. And see, you're welcome. I was here because you would have been like an hour and a half. I would have been talking to myself. Two hours. So damn much. Yep. Thank you to our Patreons who think that this content that you just listened to is worth supporting. Also want to give a big thank you to JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. And if you're looking for anything magic-related, check them out. Now, Danny, do you have anything else you want to add to this? Not this episode. Not this episode. Oh, we nope. look forward to the next one then. That we do. And with that, Magic Folk, we will catch you next time. See ya. 
Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much. Um, can I say that out loud? You can. Say it again. Say what again? Who cares about Arena? Why did you say that?